Hey, my name is Stephen Beckman. This is the COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast. Um, I am the CEN, or the Chief Executive Nobody, of the Mesh News Project. You can find the Mesh News Project at meshnews.org. Mesh News is the mothership to COINTELPRO 2.0. You can catch the COINTELPRO 2.0 podcast at podcasts, with an S, dot COINTELPRO, the number two. And then the word zero, spelled out Z-E-R-O dot com. You can check out our video series at videos, with an S, videos, dot COINTELPRO. The number two, Z-E-R-O dot com. And then our online guide full of articles and resources at COINTELPRO, the number two, Z-E-R-O dot com. Being in the program of COINTELPRO, I can tell you my journey has had just a wide assortment of things happened to me while in this program. I've had my bank accounts frozen. I've had an active denial service weapon used on me to keep me from walking into major media outlets in downtown LA. I've been censored on multiple social platforms. I've been subjected to radiation assaults nearly daily. And that's not microwave assaults, that's radiation assaults. That's different. I'm subjected to constant poisonings, druggings, a massive years-long smear campaign, being blacklisted and unable to pursue a career, which I had my degree and practiced for seven years before getting into the program. I've had my privacy made a novelty for others. And mainstream media and media puppets of our intelligence services reinforce these smears, which are completely basis. And then I had to wage an anti-smear campaign to correct this information. I've been given false medical care countless times. I fought three attempts at corrupt psych staff trying to declare me mentally unfit, forcing me to spend thousands of dollars of money that you don't really have in this program to go through independent and accredited uh, psychoanalysts, etc., to verify that these are things that are happening to me and and not some delusion. I've been arrested on false charges and held on $100,000 bail, which was only an opportunity for law enforcement to instruct in-jail gangs to try to kill me per the guard's instructions. I then had to go to this pretend trial and beat these false charges, only to tarnish my record, making it unable for me to also gain just basic employment. The key like to keep you broke in this program. I've been stalked across state lines, and county lines, and daily within my own community where I live. And in a desperate attempt to silence or even possibly murder me, I was struck with a car to send a message to shut my mouth. Reasons others are told of these horrible things and abuses happened to me are just carefully planned out logical fallacies to pacify 
of which all have been debunked. And I have the receipts. I'm not invited to my own trial because I hold the receipts to facts. Now you can learn more about me personally, view these receipts, and see a light shine on how government silences those that it sees as a threat and those who blow the whistle on government corruption at knowstevenbeckman.com. That being said, let's move forward with this podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. My name is Stephen Beckman. I'm the chief executive nobody of the Mesh News Project. The Mesh News Project is the mothership of the Pro 2.0 podcast. You can hear more episodes of the Pro 2.0 podcast without an app at the address of podcasts with an S, podcasts dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then zero spelled out, that's Z-E-R-O. So that's podcasts dot COINTELPRO, the number two, Z-E-R-O dot com. There's also some companion videos we have for the, the COINTELPRO 2.0, and that is at videos with an S, videos dot COINTELPRO, the number two, and then Z-E-R-O dot com, as well as just the online resource center that is COINTELPRO, the number two, and then ZERO.com. That is a great resource with articles and videos and podcasts all in one. And that is for people who are targets of gang stalking, mobbing, workplace harassment, um, tips and tricks and strategies for whistleblowers and government leakers and even journalists who might be under the thumb of oppressive means or uh, a large group of people who would employ these tactics even on the corporate side seeing as COINTELPRO 2.0 tactics are also used on targets that you know a corporation might deem as a threat or what have you and since the commercialization of the military industrial complex these services are available to those who run in those kinds of circles so visit the website check out the resource that's COINTELPRO the number two ZERO.com god I hate this so anyways my uh, other podcast got deleted while I was working on it but I'm going to start with two ideas before I talk about the thing I wanted to talk about with um, what do you call it fucking Havana Syndrome there's been a, uh, an update on that. I want to talk about that because that's part of the program. But, you know, earlier in some earlier episodes, I talked about uh, a possibility of World War III. And I mentioned that um, Ray Dalio video plus the situation of our finances. I shot a link to that Ron Paul video, etc. And I was bringing it up because, I mean it kind of seems like we're pointing ourselves in a direction for that kind of conflict. And, you know, I think a third world war is just going to be all out nuclear war. I don't think it's going to be a situation that we come out of because if Russia uses a nuke or a tactical nuke, how they keep hyping up tactical nuke, I just know NATO or United States is just going to respond. And it's just, I brought that up because, you know, even though I'm researching this stuff and I'm consuming information about it, 
I felt like I need to share it with, you know, all 50,000 of you guys because, I mean, there's the possibility of, oh, well, there's a possibility of nuclear war. Okay, well, why? Says who? Well, says history, says how things go uh, forever, says, you know, data, etc., says our financial situation, says these rising climates, says how we're moving our chip plants over here, um, how we're doing, how me- most major companies are nearshoring, that's important, nearshoring in places like um, Mexico. A, a fuck ton of American brands are nearshoring now instead of having all that shit made over in China. So we're already putting the pieces in place to maintain our economy even during a war, a major war at that. So, with all those things considered I, I, that I described in my previous podcasts, um, I wanted to talk about things like that I've been researching on bugging out about how, you know, if people do start flinging newts, how, how that'll happen. And I started looking at the, the, US nu- uh, the U.S.'s nuclear war strategy and how they understand how Russia and China, what they have all their weapons pointed at, etc. So there, first and foremost, I want to start off with something called the, and just kind of give you like a short summary of thing uh, of maybe an idea of what you should do or prepare for, what have you on the side, the same way you squirrel away money for your savings or for Bitcoin or whatever. You should also be squirreling away some sort of bug out plan just in case. If you have the funds to even, you know, worry about that on the side. If you have an RV or whatever, what your strategy would be. And first and foremost, you know, a lot of people don't know how nuclear war will play out. There's a four-part strategy for nuclear war. It's the it's the things that we know that their missiles are aimed at. And... Um, First and foremost, there's this thing called the nuclear sponge. And the nuclear sponge is um, a group of states. uh, It's Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, and Missouri. And that's called the nuclear sponge because that's where all of our nuclear missile silos are. And believe it or not, the Chinese, that's where the Chinese balloon's flight path was right through. That's what it was trying to see, essentially. It was trying to fly over our missile silos because it possibly wanted a closer look. So believe it or not, that's what the balloon was looking at. It was looking at our nuclear sponge. That's the technical term the, the State Department gives it. And the reason why they call it the nuclear sponge is because if there was a nuclear war, um, that would be the first thing targeted. What the other side would be targeting China and Russia, most likely Iran and North Korea too, um, is they would be firing all their missiles at the this middle of the country. And the reason why it's in the middle states is because it would take longer for missiles to get there. So even if missiles were shot from the coast, from Russian submarines and Chinese submarines, they still have to fly over certain states and it's going to take a while to get there. So, in any event of any kind of World War III nuclear war scenario, if it ever pops off, um, that's where the first ones are going to go, the first wave. There's going to be four waves. 
The first wave is going to be them shooting at our nuclear arsenal so we can't shoot off as many as we can. So they're going to shoot, they're going to they're take out our nuclear sponge. And the reason why I bring up the nuclear sponge is because lots of people think, oh, well, if nuclear war happens, I'll drive to Canada, get away from it. That's not going to happen. Uh, Canada is part of NATO and absolutely they're going to be fighting along the right side of us. I know it seems very attractive because they're also first world country. It'd be not too much of a different standard of living. Um, but a thousand percent Canada is not where you should be going, especially since that's, you know, most states would have to drive through the nuclear sponge and you just get stuck or you get targeted by fallout. And that fallout's going to drift across the, the, the country and go eastward. Um, it's going to cover, you know, Illinois, uh, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York, Virginia, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina. All that fallout's going to drift over all those East Coast states. And Canada is definitely going to fight alongside of us. So if you go to Canada, you're not going to escape a nuclear war. Um, your best bet is going down through Mexico. And there's a special part of why my Mexico. And I know Mexico is like, oh, well, the cartel's down there, etc. Yeah, but nobody wants to shoot nukes at Mexico. And there's nobody from Mexico that's going to come over here and help us fight uh, our nuclear war. So Mexico is going to be just fine. Um, I would definitely go to Mexico if there was ever kind of a scare of that. And... It's really important that you know where to go in Mexico. In northern Mexico, it's pretty much a desert. In southern Mexico, it's pretty much jungle. And think if you if Mexico was like the whole the whole world along Mexico's equator, right through a central line going right through the middle like a belt. Uh, central Mexico, where Mexico City is, etc., is literally the most ideal place to go in Mexico. Um, it's where a majority of Mexicans live, believe it or not. A lot of people think of border towns. Um, and what have you, where, you know, is your idea of Mexico. It's not, um, real Mexico is in central Mexico and it's like a band, like a belt. That'd be your best place to live, uh, uh, your best, I, uh, ideal way to, pre to prevent being subject to nuclear fallout, um, and having an ideal place to live. But I mean, I would start learning Spanish now. Um, I would start getting your bug out vehicle, you know, get going. There's this dude who was on, um, fucking Joe Rogan, where he talked about, I forget the gentleman's name, but he was a smart guy, but he was talk. uh, he, he broke a record for driving from a Southern, uh, 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 um, central state. I think it was like Colorado or Arizona or something. And then driving all the way to Canada on one tank of gas. And something that he realized is during some sort of war or, 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 or scenario that the infrastructure for gas is going to be absolutely taken out. So you can't rely on having a full tank of gas, the average being 500 to 300 miles di uh, uh, distance for any car. You could not rely on the infrastructure to get to where you're going. So he made a really smart um, mention of adding an additional fuel tank to his truck to make it so he can get to where he needs to go because it, it almost nearly doubled, um, or if not over doubled, his range 
by adding that extra tank. And he had a truck and he just, there's this flatbed extra tank he, he, he added and made it for the truck. And it allowed him to get there on one tank. And that's a ideal because you don't want to stop because if you only plan to go 500 miles, you're just going to go 500 miles away from your home. You're not going to go, you're not getting away from anything. You're 500 miles in any direction is still in the United States. So he went ahead and added an extra fuel tank to his truck. I recommend if you have an RV or an SUV or even a car to think about, there are lots of kits, etc., that you can find to put an extra tank almost the same size as your existing one in the car to double the range. And that's if you have, you know, an extra five, 10 grand to throw at a bug out car. And I know this is all seems really weird and out of, uh, you know, we're talking about COINTELPRO, but I did raise that whole idea of like, it seems like these fucking sociopaths are bringing us towards a war and it's not going to be like World War II. Where we had a silver bullet. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be like World War One, where it was just a bunch of people died. And that's it, because it's a level playing field. They got nukes, we got nukes. They got aircraft carrier, well, our aircraft carrier game is on point, but that's it. I mean, they got, but they got nukes, they've got hypersonics, they've got stealth jets, we got stealth jets. We got all the same shit they got. It's going to be a very equal war. It's going to be like World War One when just, it was just a bunch of people who died. It wasn't like, there was no, you know, after World War One, we weren't seen as a superpower. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like a cat's game, almost. So, you know, this is just... Because I already gave you that information, I don't want to give... I don't want to just leave you there and be like, okay, now figure this out. Because I've been researching this. So Central Mexico is your ideal. I know there's some people who have wealth who want to go to... Um, lots of people are have been buying these little bug-out places in New Zealand. The reason why New Zealand is ideal is because it's seen as a neutral company country. They have an equal relationship with the United States as they do with China. And so they're not really seen as a target. They also have a high standard of living. It's a very first-world place to, to live. And so there will be no threat that um, New Zealand would be under of being a target. So there's lots of wealthy people that have bought places out in New Zealand in case this does happen. But if you're one of those people, you're still going to have to, you're not going to be able to use a, a, a U.S. port to take a ship, especially if they got submarines and shit all around us. I mean, they're already staking us out with that balloon, looking at our nuclear sponge. Um, I recommend also going through Mexico. Um, don't go north. I would go south. I mean, all the fallout's going to be hitting all the eastern uh, side of the United States if they blow up that part. I would recommend going through Mexico to one of their ports and then leaving and making, you know, a ship or a plane or whatever to New Zealand if you got a spot out there. Um, but yeah, central Mexico, if you're not super wealthy, would probably, that is like a belt in the central of it. It's, it's, it's where all of most Mexicans live. It's uh, the best temperate climate, the best place to build a house, um, everything. Uh, there's the most economic opportunities, etc. So, I mean, if you were thinking about that, that would be a place to go. All, you know, keep in mind, you're gonna, it's gonna take some time to get there. Uh, think about freeze-dried fruit, food, and, um, you know, how to make little compartments, secret compartments in your car, etc. Because you have to, you know, um, 
even now the cartel has checkpoints, illegal checkpoints, but they're very well flushed out. They have like booths and, you know, it looks like the state set it up, but the cartel has many checkpoints throughout Mexico and they make Mexicans even pay to drive through these checkpoints, believe it or not. So if we have a bunch of people from the United States going through Mexico and there's a nuclear war, they better believe they're going to be having these tech checkpoints. They're going to be taxing motherfuckers. And, you know, how much is paper money going to be worth in that event of a nuclear war? So you're going to think about getting a couple of cheap Rolexes or, you know, and stashing them in little cubbies and compartments in your car or whatever to use them as bartering to get through some of these checkpoints. Because um, they have these checkpoints even now. You think that they're not going to try to, you know, um, take advantage of the situation and tax you to try to get to safety? Do you know what I'm saying? And if you don't have anything to trade, do you got some women on board? Do you know what I'm saying? Think about that. So if you want to make that transaction happen as fast as possible, get some gold jewelry, you know, and stash it in different parts of the car. So, you know, saying they can't find it, but you can pull from that stuff to make your way through those checkpoints. A lot of people aren't, don't consider those checkpoints, but you'll have to consider those checkpoints. And then that's just like a rough idea of, of, uh, what you should be thinking about. A lot of people think go to Canada. That's literally the opposite of probably what you need to be doing. Um, also think about food and also think about those cartel checkpoints. If that is going to be your plan. Like I said, I personally, what I've been reading in articles, etc. Is if we do go to war, um, it'll probably be around 2026. And this is from like military publications that I'm following, etc. So keep that in mind. Um, I'm just going over that because, you know, it really does seem like they're trying to get us in that situation. And... Um, there's no silver bullet weapon like we had, you know? It's just going to be a cat's game, I think. If we don't, you know, what have you. And that may be, believe it or not, that may be why we are pushing the Ukraine wars. We're trying to bankrupt Russia. Because when it comes time, because we're already moving all of our shit away from China. So we're already planning on having to fuck with China. So if we bankrupt Russia, then we won't have to, we only have to fight China. We don't have to fight Russia and China. Do you understand? If you're thinking long-term from a nation point of view, the Ukraine war might be a disarming buffer. So when we are planning on, who knows, another Gulf of Tonkin incident to try to push us into the war or the sinking of the Lusitania or, you know, fake terrorist attack. Um, it's so, it's that they planned already of bankrupting Russia and they've spent all their shit on Ukraine and, um, we won't have to fight Russia. We'll just have to fight China, which will be easier from a strategic standpoint. So keep that in mind. Um, so, I mean, I know some people are thinking about, oh, the war in Ukraine, whatever. Well, maybe there's a world war coming up and we don't want to fight two people. We want to just fight one. Just putting that out there. Anyways, that's a general idea and plan. If you were planning a bug out or what have you, think about fallout. Think about the nuclear sponge. Oh, yeah, and I said the four stages. So basically, if they do start firing those things at the United States, they're going to have to hit They're gonna hit the nuclear sponge first, which is where all of our missile silos are at. 
then that's the first wave of nuclear attacks. The second wave of nuclear attacks are going to hit all major military installations. So if you live in a city near a military installation, you're going to be hit next after the nuclear sponge states. After that happens, it's then the third wave of nuclear uh, warheads are going to target all infrastructure. So electric generating dams, um, coal plants, uh, internet, fucking water, uh, you know, uh, uh, waterworks and waste uh, uh, management plants and nuclear power plants. Those are going to go. And then the fourth wave is then they're going to then shoot the missiles at all of our major cities. That's the fourth wave. So nuclear war will, goes in that stage. It's going to go in four waves. It's going to go in the nuclear sponge. Then it's going to go military installations. Then it's going to go supporting uh, national infrastructure. And that's why they have thousands of nukes. It's not because it was about the number. It's because the targets are so numerous. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're going to have a nuclear war, you want to cripple the other people. So they, you know what I'm saying? Um, because it is a zero sum game and you're just trying to come out with, you know, being fucked up less than the other guy. It's not about winning <laughs> anything. So then it's going to, yeah, go infrastructure and then it's going to go major cities, populations over 1 million. So anyways, go to Mexico. If you're not rich, go to central Mexico. I recommend you start learning Spanish now. Thinking about, think about those cartel checkpoints. Think about extended gasoline. Think about food, uh, dehydrated food. Because that means you can store a shit ton of it. Think about storing water. Think about extra gas tank. And yeah, from what I'm understanding, they're putting it out to like 2026. Possible. Think of think of the completion of those um, those chip those those advanced chip plants that they're building as a ticking clock. Because we're gonna need all that shit for munitions. Chips don't only go in cars and computers. They also go in bombs and planes. So think of the construction of those plants as a countdown, if anything. Okay, um, a second thing I was... Uh, the second thing I, want, I was chewing on <clears throat> that I wanted to kind of info dump on you guys before I get to this other thing about... That's COINTELPRO 2.0. It's just... I don't want to leave people hanging. You know what I'm saying? I hate giving you guys one part of the information, but then also not at least giving you a direction of a solution of an idea of, you know, well, what if this is going on? What have you? Because 1,000% the U.S. government is not going to um, give people in the United States some sort of plan that, you know, well, what to do if, you know, you guys should go to Mexico. They're not going to, they, that means that they're, they're going to lose. They're not going to, they're not going to put those ideas out there. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of ideas are going to be suppressed in your algorithms, etc. So I just want to give you a general place to start looking and start using your imagination and how to kind of look at the chessboard. Um, and then that this same topic started getting me kind of trying to think creatively about this world war problem. And believe it or not... Um, I actually, you know, whenever I'm interested in a topic, what I usually like to do if I'm not trying to do like a complete, because I will do that. I will hyper focus. I will hyper nerd out on a topic and just consume everything about it once I become interested in it. 
Um, and then, you know, once I learn pretty much to like to a point where, uh, I'm really comfortable in it for some reason, I just kind of drop it like a new toy. It's weird, but so I, so, and, um, something I was doing after the Dune movie came out is I was like, oh yeah, the Dune, uh, my father, um, was really into Dune. I remember growing up. We'd go to his house and we'd watch it on VHS and stuff like that. The um, VHS is basically a brick that plays movies. If you're unfamiliar, um, but uh, I wanted to after the new movies came out, I wanted to learn more and more about certain parts of the um, the the universe, the Dune universe. And so something that I did was usually what I'll do when I want to learn a lot about a topic, but I don't want to do a deep, deep dive, um, is then I'll just go on YouTube and there's usually some kind of person who like, that's their life. You know how some, some people are like a Star Wars encyclopedia. Some people are like a Star Trek encyclopedia. There's just tons of those dudes who want to sit there and give you, you know, they've been living this life for, you know, 10 years or whatever they're over in the sub the the topic but they will tell you all the parts that to all the key parts of something in like a 20 minute breakdown video and i love to go and find those things and so i got really obsessed with this one dude not obsessed but i got really into this one dude who was explaining the dune universe and one chapter well not one chapter but in one of the dune novel series the the Dune universe, they come up with this very creative way to fight wars. And it's an assassin's war. It's a war that will not disrupt the economy. It will not disrupt infrastructure. It will not cost civilian lives. And in the Dune universe, they evolve to a point where, I guess, the, the equivalent of the United Nations, all the, the houses... And, uh, you know, like they have like House Arrakis and all that. That's like how they divide up the Dune universes through houses and all the things that the houses rule. And whatever the UN equivalent is of that, they all got all the houses got together and they devised this system for fighting wars. And it's an assassin's war, meaning you can declare war on another house or country. I guess houses is a euphemism for country in that in that universe. But then, so that means that you can send assassins after the king, the president, you know, all the executive staff, uh, heads of the military, whatever. But you couldn't kill civilians. And what this also did was reduce collateral damage. And I thought that was super brilliant. Wouldn't that be awesome if, like, the people who started the wars were the people whose lives I got lost? You know what I'm saying? And then if your assassins managed to kill the king and... You know, all of his homies and the queen and the bloodline or whatever. Then you just get all the shit. And that's how wars were won. Um, and that's just in one of the books. Not in all of them. And I thought that was a really creative thing. But I was trying to think of that. No way that that. There's just no way that, you know, in our world, we would be that advanced to be like, yo, if we're going to start the wars, it's going to cost our lives, not the people's lives. And we don't want to destroy infrastructure because... You know what I'm saying? It takes years to build that. So what they did 
Uh, uh, well, yeah. So what they did was the Assassin's War. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing. So if you can get your assassins into my country and kill all my heads of state or whatever, then, it, then it's, uh, it's your shit. You know, that's yours. Now, I thought that was really creative, but I don't think that, that would ever go down like that. But I was thinking a lot about blockchain technology and the metaverse, etc. And I know in a in there's lots of metaverses that are like almost like Unreal Engine 5 type real. Okay. Um, and I also understand in metaverses you can use the blockchain to essentially pay for items, cars, clothes, buildings, houses in the blockchain and in whatever metaverse. These are things that have real value. But because they're on the blockchain, if they get destroyed, then they are destroyed forever. And I was thinking, you know, that's kind of like the real world. Like how could, you know, and I was starting to think like, what if we had a Unreal Engine 5 type real version of the met of the actual world you know like scale one to one one to one scale virtual um representation of the real world and unreal engine 5 or unreal engine 5 like detail um and then you created a metaverse and you could buy military arms you can buy jets you can buy bombs, um, bullets, guns, etc. And you could train however many people you could train. But it would all be tracked by some sort of blockchain technology. And it would be stored and housed on servers at the United Nations. UN server. So let's say Liberia wanted to go to war with, you know, Ethiopia. But they don't want to... You know, because you got to think war is also about pollution. It's about landmines that are there for years and kill people. It's about polluting the soil with, you know, uh, 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 sarin gas and nuclear fallout. And there's a lot of destruction that happens after war. You know, wars kill people even after the wars are over just by what's left over. Cleaning up the destruction of the environment. I mean, waging an army itself is very costly on the environment. I think Empire Files is doing this great... They're, they're finishing up this documentary about the environmental impact of the U.S. military, and it's on par with, like, a nation, with, like, a major nation. That's how much pollution just our military generates. It's on par with major nations. They're about to wrap up this documentary. I think they're about to put a button on it. Um, Abby Martin from the Empire Files... Which, by the way, if you're if you're not following the Empire Files or Abby Martin, you should be. Um, she's legit. Her organization's pretty legit. But they're coming out with this movie soon to break that down. So there's not only that, but there's the environmental impact cost of war. And I was thinking about World War III, etc., and how we could avoid this situation. This I know it's a pipe dream, but who's to say that we can't create a metaverse-type, hyper-realistic one-to-one scale of the world. And then when nations want to fight each other, they can buy things that cost real money and they have real destructive properties. And when they're blown up, they're blown up. And the blockchain keeps track of all of it. 
And, you know what I'm saying, you want it on the blockchain, so it can't be hacked, so there's not like an infinite ammo, infinite weapons glitch that one side of the other, and then we fight a metaverse war tracked by the blockchain, every bullet, everything is tracked, and then they fight the war, they train their people, they have them, who knows, being those little VR pods, you know, those things that are like treadmills that can run in every direction, or whatever, and they fight the war in like a metaverse type thing on a UN server and the destruction is tracked with the blockchain and these assets cost real money. There'll be hyper, um, talented programmers that'll ensure the realistic destruction qualities of, you know, arms and Bradley fighting vehicles and tanks and, and, you know, et cetera. And you can, and the countries can buy these things and they're going to cost substantial amount of money to give them scarcity and high value so they don't go around treating this like a video game. They treat it, you know what I'm saying? And nations just fight each other on this server. And then whoever wins, then, you know what I'm saying? Because it'll be a real measurable victory since it'll be all counted on the blockchain, even down to the bullet. Um, and you could do that. In about 10 years' time, they would be able to technically have the technical capabilities to do that. One-to-one scale, hyper-realism, all tracked by the blockchain. And then these wars could be fought on these UN servers. And then, you know, to the victor go the spoils. If you kill all my units, then I can, and this will be a world based on physics, you know, physics engine and whatever. Um, if you If you blow up all my shit, then I lose. And if you kill one of my soldiers, his his thing is on the blockchain. He's out. You know what I'm saying? Etc. But nobody goes home in boxes. There's no massive destruction to property. You I mean I see those videos of fucking what do you call it? <sighs> fucking Ukraine and Kiev and just civilians are just getting murdered, bro. People aren't look seeing these buildings or they're just getting decimated and many of these people they can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. And they're just getting blown up in their house. They're just sitting in their apartments waiting for a lotto ticket to get cashed out or they get blown up. Missile hits them. Whatever. Um, there'd be no more of that. There'd be no more pollution for landmines and fucking all the, all the, all the, all the things that get left over in the soil that poison the soil and nuclear fall or whatever. And we just fight these things on the fucking blockchain. You know, in a, in a, in a metaverse, hyper-realistic, Unreal 5 type environment where there's real damage, everything's tracked by the blockchain and you lose for real. And at the end, Victor go the spoils, you know, then if Ethiopia is fighting Liberia and Liberia wins, then Ethiopia has got to give up a piece of their shit. They got to say, okay, you get 35% of the country or whatever. They, then they, then they go to the, you know what I'm saying? They go to the negotiating table, but it won't cost lives. I just, I guess I see us in 10 years having that technological capability. It would be interesting if nations were who had squabbles, if they would start to beta test that soon shit, you know what I'm saying? It would, you know, there's this great quote by, um, Einstein where he says that, um, I don't know who will win world war three or how world war three will be fought. But World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones. How great would it be if 
World War Four or even World War Three was fought on servers. And it didn't cost people their lives. And, you know, there was real scarcity, real like it just seems like a, a good way to go. Um, that's just like something I was just chewing on. Again, I just put something out there because it's important to just to put that idea out there. Um, not try to develop it or whatever, or wait for a year. Like with my, when I was thinking about, you know, how the U S might be actually pushing towards world war three to kind of save face, um, because of our declining because of our inflation and, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the direction of our nation and how it seems like, um, you know, especially based on that Ray Dalio video, if you apply the same patterns that we can measure through history, I mean, it seems like we're headed that way. And, you know, how great would it be that we could, that's why I want to share that with you. Instead of, instead of putting that in my next movie, I was just like, this is an, an idea that maybe needs a lot more heads and needs a lot more people talking about it. And you know what I'm saying? It's not worth it. the same thing with this blockchain idea. I don't know, man, who's got the, 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 the resources, whatever, but you know, who says we can't make that a reality? Who says we can't get nations who are squabbling to fight that way? You know what I'm saying? We'll never have an assassin based war, but maybe we could do things like that where, you know, we're becoming so globalized, we can't think there can be no more world wars without destruction of everybody because we're so interconnected. Um, we would go like it will be a dark ages. It'll be a fucking dark ages. How do we avoid that altogether? We need a new system for saying who wins, who doesn't win. But we need to make it so you can't cheat. So we have things like blockchain. We have things like metaverses. And we have things like Unreal Engine 5, which is hyper-realistic, etc. We need things like a one-to-one server. You know, one-to-one ratio size server with maps, etc. We can, you know, Google can get together. This should be like a whole UN project where multiple countries and nations put money towards it. And we should think of things like that. The world can't stop spinning because angry old assholes in executive positions of power want to throw me and you at their bullshit. And it just seems like a, it seems almost like there's this Kurdishev level. I don't know if you guys know about the Kurdishev level of civilizations. There's like a tier one civilization, etc. you know, controls all the resources on the planet, um, including sunlight and energy. And the tier two controls all the, you know, resources in this, in the solar system, a tier three civilization controls all the resources in the galaxy, whatever. Um, this seems like a tier one Kurdishev level way of fighting wars. The same way that the internet was, uh, is a tier one means of communication. It didn't exactly lift our whole, whole society out up into tier one status. We're like at 0.7. If you really wanted to look at us, our society, our, our civilization on scale. But this means with this way of fighting battles, you know, it would have measurable results and nobody would die. And we could essentially um, fight fair fights. It wouldn't cost real lives and the world could keep spinning. And, you know, it wouldn't be. It, yeah, it just it just seems like a 
a tier one civilization means of resolving uh, global conflicts. And it would be measurable. And there would be no who won, who didn't win. And, you know, that also comes in handy for when people are trying to rewrite history and they're trying to say, oh, we won that shit. No, we won that shit. Hey, we got a, there's a score. Look on the, look on the board. You know, there'd be a score, you know, you couldn't rewrite history. So like, I don't know. That was just something I had run around in my brain. You know, if you got some money, if you know people at the UN, maybe you should go fucking figure that out. But I definitely think that that would be like a tier one civilization way of resolving global and national conflicts. I don't know. I just didn't want to like say all that shit in my past podcast and then just not also think about all the ideas that spur that spur up in my head, you know, because when I think of a problem, I don't just think about the problem. I also think of the solution. And then I not only have to think about the solution and the worst case scenario, but then you have to also look towards the future. Especially when you're like, well, at least in my industry, you know what I'm saying? When you like working for a company and, you know, you're doing, um, you know, product marketing or coming up with a strategy for your company. So you have to, you can't just identify the problem. You also have to like, there's also a lot of other things you have to think about. You can't, you can't just think in, 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 in one box. So I wanted to present you guys with that. Like, okay, yeah. So it seems like, you know, the United States realizes that we're waning and the strategic way to prop us back into a post-World War II um, era of growth and promise, etc., and boom, is to uh, fight a third, uh, to fight a major war with whoever is would be our upcoming rival and to win that war. Um, I just... And it seems like how we're moving all of our production and nearshoring and moving our chip factories over here. And um, it seems like, you know, they're preparing for shit to go down. I mean, they're moving major global infrastructure, etc. close to home. So, and it also seems like we might be helping Ukraine because we want to make Russia broke. So we only have to fight one country but it doesn't rule out how China will respond and yeah so I just wanted to give you some solutions and th- and bubbles to start thinking of in because it's always good you know so you're not as good as you know, you're only as good as your contingency plan not your original plan anyways moving forward to um, what do you call it Havana syndrome stuff I wanted to talk to you about today Okay, so I've mentioned in previous podcasts about war, uh, um, not war, <laughs> about Havana Syndrome and what that is and what it is going forward, etc. And there's been a advancement in that understanding and update to the zeitgeist overall about Havana weapons, energy weapons, etc. And it's important because it has to deal with COINTELPRO 2, uh, 2.0. As you know, Havana Syndrome or Havana class weapons is the name that our intelligence community is giving to radiation weapons and microwave weapons. Um, and uh, there was over 1,500 agents and people from the State Department that have 
reported symptoms of these weapons being used on them. And there was an update to, you know, well, it's basically all the things I've been telling you, but talking to you guys about like these gamma ray source industrial radiography equipment being repurposed and hot rotted to be fired at people. Uh, I've, I've, I've gone over how the cartel likes to steal gamma ray source material to use on this kind of material. They also sell this stuff to make dirty bombs, etc. This stuff also gets used over here in San Diego. We're a border town. We have the cartel. There's many, um, there's many, uh, articles where, you know, you can pull up just right now, just type in Mexico iridium stolen, type in Mexico cobalt 60 stolen, like, the cartels just, they, they're constantly stealing this shit. Um, and it's something that people don't like to talk about because that's a scary thing to think that, you know, the cartels who have a huge presence in the United States, I mean, the drug trade alone, it's, it's just owned by the Mexican cartel. It's owned by them. Do you understand? It's owned by them and drugs are everywhere. So the cartels is, is deeply embedded in the United States. But they're stealing this uh, radiation material as well. The cartels also, if you've listened to the podcast, do really close business with China. In fact, our fentanyl, um, this new wave of fentanyl getting added to drugs so they don't have to add so much product. They're basically cutting it with fentanyl. So it's more potent, but they don't have to use so much cocaine and opium. So they're basically trying to stretch out the product while still giving you the feeling of, of an intense high. And they're also making fake um, pills and medication. And they're putting those out into the marketplace. And people get a hold of them. And, you know, um, there might be people who have chronic pain. Um, you know, I got, I know people who have chronic knee pain, chronic, chronic back pain, whatever. I mean, shit, I'm just... It sucks not, I mean, me, for one, me, no, having, having this spine, uh, issues that, you know, these guys are shooting this radiation shit into my, my lower spine to, uh, decrease my mobility. It fucking sucks to have pain because you just want to move like a normal person. And I totally see how you could be like, yo, I can move, I can go through a major, very scary, invasive procedure where they're jabbing shit into my spinal cord or replacing my knee. And that maybe I don't have the money for that. Or it'll be a 50-50. If I, that even solves my problem, it could give me more problems. So why don't I just ingest uh, a medicine? I totally get how people could get this way now that I have this chronic back pain. But it's induced. Believe it or not, I could put my hand in front of it when they, when they, shoot, you know, shoot, they love to shoot this stuff at me when I'm asleep because I'm stationary. Uh, but if I, I've done things like tied my hand to cover my spine, I've put, you know, thick, dense metals and stuff like that, and, and I have no problems. It's just, that's not a very mobile application. Um, so it is definitely induced by this radiation. Um, it sucks, but I can totally see people doing that, by the way, for the chronic people who do a chronic pain. It's like, well, I can, I can, I can roll the dice and maybe I'll have a hundred grand for this surgery or I can take a pill and it not affect me and I don't feel it as much and I can move around like a normal person. I totally see the allure of that. I don't even take vitamins because I'm so scared of people, you know, lacing my food or whatever. I'd hate for someone to, you know, 
might cause a death to be fucking fentanyl or something, you know, while somebody's trying to shovel dirt over me, that'd be an easy way for, to get rid of me. But I would, I just can't go that way. So I just have to deal with the pain, but I can see how people would use these pills. And that's actually how Prince died. You know what I'm saying? Because of this fentanyl coming from China and Mexico makes a lot of counterfeit drugs and then they flood the market. And a lot, and even some of these counterfeit drugs end up at, and somehow they're ending up in um, people who, hands who have prescriptions for these things. One of those people was Prince. And it was a counterfeit drug that killed Prince. So essentially, if you want to figure out who killed Prince, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the fucking legend, the artist formerly known as, um, it, indirectly, the cartel killed Prince. Because he took a med for, I believe, it was some kind of pain, and it was laced with fentanyl. So, essentially, the, the cartel killed Prince. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, um, so, regardless, I went off on that tangent. But, yeah, the, Mex uh, 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 the Mexican cartels have access to this radiation stuff. They steal it from oncology, uh, hospitals, etc., iridium, cobalt-60, you know. This stuff comes over here. But believe it or not, these industrial radiography applications have existed since like the 70s. And there's this understanding that Havana weapons or Havana class weapons um, are this new thing. And they're not. They're not. It's just the electromagnetic spectrum. And believe it or not, the electromagnetic spectrum was discovered in like 1887, 1900-ish. So it's like 150 years old, the, the, our knowledge of the electromagnetic spectrum. And Havana weapons are just things that can generate waves and or particles at different levels of the electromagnetic spectrum. And if you were to think of elect the, the spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum, on a scale of 1 to 100, um, Humans could only perceive, meaning we can only see and we can only feel and react to, let's say if the electromagnetic spectrum, that means everything, that means microwaves, Wi-Fi, cell phones, cordless home telephones, uh, microwave meals, millimeter wave weapons, um, infrared, ultraviolet, X-ray, gamma ray, charged particles, cosmic particles. That's the whole spectrum, right? If they're, you know, but the spectrum has levels and it goes from waves. And then after our, after our small sliver of the spectrum, which we, our organs have evolved to observe, like light, the RGB spectrum, um, it is a small sliver. If you could think of the things that we as a human could observe of the electromagnetic spectrum, and if it was a spectrum between 1 and 100, was represented the whole electromagnetic spectrum, as a humans, we can only observe, you know, numbers, if it was a number between 1 and 100. And I'm going to put this on the in, the, in the comments so you can see a diagram of the spectrum. So this gives you a better understanding. You should go to the the description right now and click on the link after the number one icon in the description of the podcast. But essentially click that. I'll wait. 
Okay, cool. So you're looking at that. You can see that small sliver of what we can perceive would be like numbers between 50 and 55. But there's all this other shit on both sides of the spectrum. You have the left and the right side. Um, the on the on one side of the spectrum, it's um, ionic, ionic radiation. Ionic. Think of ionic as uh, particles. And you know, like like think of, you know a particle, a charged particle. Think of it like a bullet on the nanometer scale size. And those bullets can knock pieces of your DNA off because they're so small. They're at, you know, nanometer DNA level size bullets. They're particles and they shoot through your body. Whereas on the other side of the spectrum where it's non-ionic, meaning non-cancer causing, that's where you get your cell phones, your 5G, your 6G, your Wi-Fi, whatever. Think of that as like the reason why they're called waves and not particles is because it's just like waves. It's like water. If you were to go to the beach right now and start walking into the waves and start walking out into the water, um, what's going to happen? The water's going to wash around you. You may get pushed back a little bit by being hit by some of it, but it's not going to go through your body. The water's going to go around your body, right? Regardless, if uh, if a wave comes crashing or whatever, it's still not going to go through your body. So... That's how you got to think of non-ionic. They're waves. They go around you. They don't go through you, where ionic does on this spectrum. But Havana-class weapons are on both sides of this uh, spectrum. They're on the ionic and the non-ionic, and it's a whole class of weapons. But it's nothing new. They're just giving it a new name. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like a reboot. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a reboot of the movie. Of, a, of like a movie or whatever. They're just, they're going to give it a new title. They'll give it a new name, but it's the, it's the same thing. So Havana class weapons is just radiation weapons, either non-cancer causing radiation or wave radiation, or it's either cancer causing radiation, ionic or non-cancer causing, non-ionic waves. And, um, anyways, um, I mean, shit all day today, they've been shooting this radiation shit at me. Um, like I tell you, I go to like shopping centers or whatever, if it gets crazy and I just try to wait it out, but so crazy. I'm being shot with this shit all day. I get shot with Havana weapons all day, motherfucker. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, it happens anywhere. I thought it was, it was based on paranoia, right? Because there's so many rumors going on around me. It's, you know, smear tactics and shit, but I mean, I could go to empty fields and this shit happens to me. I could go to abandoned parking lots of buildings that have been abandoned. It still happens to me. It's, uh, these people are just trying to shovel dirt over me every day. It sucks. It sucks. Anyways, so, anyways, going back to it, fucking, it takes a lot out of you too, man. Um, getting back to it. So they're just, they're called Havana weapons now, but the electromagnetic spectrum, we've known the whole spectrum since like the 18, you know, seventies, the, you know, ninth, the year 1900. So, you know, they try to advertise Havana weapons as this new thing, this new, it's no, no, this is over 150 years old almost. 
us knowing about this entire spectrum of waves and particles, we could point at people and make them feel severely adverse effects. But what is so opportunistic about it is that much of the spectrum, like I said, we can see, if you see on that, on that diagram, if it was a spectrum between the numbers 1 and 100, we as humans can observe and feel, um, you know, if it was a number 1 to 100, we could only see, imagine, imagine the whole, imagine a, a ruler would had numbers 1 to 100, but we only could see numbers between 50 and 55. All the other numbers were going to work completely uh, invisible to us, like they were in the fourth dimension, like we couldn't even perceive them. That's essentially us as humans. We can see very narrow band, what's called visible light. But we've created devices that allow us to see that part of the spectrum that we can observe, which is light bulbs and, you know, tungsten lights and whatever. So we can create devices that will activate that part of the spectrum. Well, since the whole spectrum is made known to us, engineers, scientists, whatever, can make devices just like we made a device like a light bulb to see that narrow band. They can make devices that can generate waves and particles and all those other bands. And they've had the knowledge to make these things for quite some time. It's not a new thing. They're just going to slap... You know, they're just calling it Havana class weapons because they've managed. It's hard to sell something you can't see. Do you know what I'm saying? It's hard. It's like selling. It's like selling a ghost. You know, but you can make things move in a building or whatever. And no, but there'll be people that will try to debunk it and call it. Oh, no, that was just, you know weather phenomenon or blah, blah, blah. There'll be a hundred people trying to, because they only, it's all goes back to heuristics. It's only what you can perceive. That's the only thing that can be real. So they've managed to keep this, they've been managed to keep means, devices that they've created to generate parts, uh, parts of the spectrum in the ionic and non-ionic, the cancer causing and the non-cancer causing into weapons. They can, they've, engineered and created devices to generate parts of that spectrum on both sides of it, cancer causing or just, you know, on the microwave side of waves. Um, but just like, you know, how you can water, even water can be poisonous uh, taken in large enough quantities, being exposed to parts of the electromagnetic spectrum, even though you can't see it, hear it or feel it will still have very adverse effects on your body because too much of anything will kill you. Um, and so over the years, they've gotten better and better at just like we create a device to generate the visible spectrum, like a light bulb. They create devices that generate things like high intensity x-rays, high intensity particles, um, millimeter microwaves, which make you feel like you're on fire, which they shot at me when I went to the LA Times to try to report what was going on here in San Diego, our supposed alien invasion. Anyways, um, so you have to understand, it's not a mystery. These aren't new things. They're just pretending like they're a new phenomenon because a lot of their people like 1,500 people from the State Department and intelligence community reported 
these effects. And basically what they're doing is they're shooting these industrial, these repurposed industrial radiography devices, things that are used to detect cracks in like oil pipes, etc. And they've weaponized them and they point them at people they don't like. And too much of anything will kill you. Doesn't matter if you can't see it. It eventually will start breaking down your body systems. Um, or making you feel weak. Or makes you feel like you're on fire. Like an active denial of service weapon. It'll make you vomit and feel nauseous, etc. Because it will dramatically affect your body on the DNA level. Like high intensity x-rays and gamma rays. So they call Havana Syndrome. The reason why they call it Syndrome is because it just seems like this out-in-the-open thing. But no, they're side effects from being exposed to various levels of the electromagnetic spectrum and various bands by the various devices that they've created that will generate these things, and they're pointing them at people. But a recent development today, what I wanted to talk about, the main reason for this podcast, was this recent development in this story. And I wanted to play that for you right now. So this just hit Reuters news about an hour ago. If you don't know who Reuters is, Reuters is a news service. Believe it or not, if you're an MSNBC guy or a News Nation guy or America's Voice guy or um, Fox News guy or a CNN guy, whatever, whatever your brand is, a lot of those people don't create and find news. They rely on a news service. Um, they'll subscribe to like AP, which is Associated Press or Reuters, and these people have journalists out in the field globally, and whenever a story happens, one of their journalists on staff, whatever that country or region is, they report on it, and they just present what happened. There's really no bias. That's why I try to get my news from news services, because believe it or not, most of your news outlets, they subscribe to these news services, and then the talking heads put a spin on it. Okay, we have this information how can we um, pigeonhole this and spin it so the people that we know are here to hear like everything that they think is right and the other side is wrong and blah, blah, blah. People that we've already got eaten out of our hand, how can we spin this news as it happens? And that's what they do. That's who Reuters is. Um, I recommend, if you know what I'm saying, to follow Reuters, follow AP News. Um, there's another service called APK that's out there. Um, but basically that's how news channels generate new stories constantly is they subscribe to these services of real journalists and then they just spin it all day and then they regurgitate it in their own slant at you. But Reuters is one of those. I, uh, I, I like to pay attention to Reuters. Um, they're super legit. I mean, they just, they just literally, they report what happens and what the facts are. Um, they're not there to, to spin it. They're not there to tell you how to think, etc. They're just, yeah, they're just, they're just news reporters. They report, okay, this is what happened. And these are the facts of the thing that happened. And here's the video of what the thing of the facts. Um, but I got this from Reuters. You should follow them along with those other ones I mentioned, but this just came over the wire an hour ago in regards to Havana syndrome. Declassified findings released on Wednesday of an extensive U.S. intelligence community investigation that spanned the entire globe concluded it was, quote, very unlikely that a foreign adversary was responsible for Havana, Havana syndrome, the mysterious ailment that has afflicted U.S. diplomats and intelligence officers worldwide. 
Havana syndrome symptoms, which were first reported among U.S. officials in the Cuban capital in 2016, have included migraines, nausea, memory lapses, and dizziness. The book is never fully closed. At a State Department briefing on Wednesday, spokesman Ned Price said the intelligence assessment did not put those symptoms in doubt. The findings that the intelligence community has spoken to today in no way uh, call into question the experiences, the symptoms uh, that our colleagues uh, and their family members have reported in recent years. About 1,500 cases have been reported by U.S. government agencies and departments, including some from this year. But Price said that cases were on the decline. What I can tell you is that uh, the number of reported cases of anomalous health incidents have declined fairly precipitously uh, since uh, 2021. There was a decline between 2021 and 2022. Uh, and so far this year, uh, there has been a decline between uh, those cases that were reported as of this date last year and as of, th as of this date this year. Seven of the 18 U.S. intelligence agencies conducted the more than two-year investigation in more than 90 countries, including the United States, and found, quote, no credible evidence that any American adversary possessed a weapon or collection device, including an emitter of electromagnetic energy pulses that could cause the symptoms. A U.S. intelligence official said the agencies even considered the possibility that extraterrestrials were responsible, but later ruled that out. Oh, I'm so glad. Anyways, so what's important to take from that is, so they've done a global investigation of the 1500 State Department, which by the way, anybody who usually says they work for the State Department means they work in intelligence. Of the State Department and intelligence agencies, out of the 1500 people that have reported it, um, they've come to the conclusion that no outside, per, no outside foe, what they call a foe, I love that, F-O-E, foe, not P-H-O. No outside foe is actually responsible for the Havana syndrome symptoms. Keep in mind, this isn't something new. They're just calling it Havana syndrome. They just finally gave it a name. It's basically feeling side effects of being bombarded by either microwaves, right? Being bombarded, not, you know, what's safe for application, having high doses and long doses of either X-rays, charged particles, and gamma rays on the cancer-causing side, or um, microwaves, whether that be millimeter waves or whatever, on the non-cancer-causing side. So they've done a global research and said, no outside nations are doing this to our people. So what does that tell you? You have to read between the lines. Usually when the State Department will give an update, because they love, you ever seen those when they release a document, it has tons of black bars in it, right? You can't, they, they, they censor the shit out of the document and they're not having like two sentences on like three pages. So when the government's going to talk about a subject, if they're going to talk about it publicly, um, they usually don't leave parts out. If it's going to make the, the government look bad, they don't leave parts out unless they want you to know about it. That's how you'll get a document with uncensored information. For the State Department to come out and say, they're saying something without saying it. Do you understand? Otherwise, they wouldn't say it. If they were worried about how they would be implied, they wouldn't say it. But they want you to know. No outside countries are doing this, but it's happening. So what does that leave you with? 
That means we are doing it to our own people. So we are firing these things at people in the State Department, in the intelligence communities, etc. We are shooting this at our own people. Now, why are we doing this? You, something I had to learn about the intelligence community from my um, stint in this bullshit is they like to really judge dread shit. If you fuck up in the intelligence community, they just like to fuck you up. They don't want to trial nothing. They're not interested in it. Um, it's very kangaroo court, barbaric. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it's rife for corruption. It can be, at, but there's a lot of judge dreading in the intelligence community. So if they even suspect you, you have to, you have to understand the U.S. government is a hammer company. The U.S. military, the intelligence community is a hammer company. So every problem is a nail. So even if you're suspected of leaking information to our enemies, what have you, because it's a, you know what I'm saying? You work for a hammer factory. If you become a problem, you just become a nail. So these people could very well have been targeted, right? The intelligence, the State Department came out and said, it's not our enemies doing this. It's them saying, we're doing this. So you have to understand what's going on, probably why there was such a huge wave is because I think that, you know what I'm saying? They were essentially trying to, anybody who they thought was a problem, anybody they suspected of being a problem, whatever, got exposed to this shit um, because it's a hammer company. Everything looks like a nail. So even if you didn't do anything or what have you, you're just guilty until proven innocent. And you notice in that news report, he says, but cases are dwindling now. So they've, so it's obvious that the reason why they've rise in these cases for this Havana, they call it Havana syndrome, whatever. They're pointing the, the nasty parts of the electromagnetic spectrum on both sides of the spectrum, whether that be microwaves or, or particles at people and the, and the devices that generate those things. And they, there are lots of those devices that are used for scientific research or even in industrial applications and the way they hot, so there's not like special men in black versions of these things. What they do is they just take the industrial versions of those things that generate different parts of the spectrum, and then they just acquire that, and then they hot rod them. Do you understand? And that's how you can look like you don't have, you know what I'm saying? That's, it, it serves two purposes, you know? You can smash your dick in a hammer, or you can build a house with it. Uh, that's essentially how they're acquiring this stuff without raising a lot of alarms. They're just taking the industrial generators of these parts of the spectrum and then they're hot-rodding them and then they're using them to point it at people and they're pointing it at their own people. And it's this judge-dread mentality and they're just... They're, they're Elvising motherfuckers. They're putting them through some bad times. Maybe they thought they were leaking information. Maybe they thought they were working for the right... Whatever. Um, I think the spike in reports is because what I said was happening is between the years of 2015 to 2020, um, like I said, there was a lot of people down here in San Diego where they were pointing this shit at everyone. And I think it was ubiquitous throughout the intelligence community. 
I think they were trying to clean house because, you know, we're on the precipice of a possible third world war here. And they need to see who's loyal, who's leaking, etc. And they were, you know what I'm saying, essentially cleaning house. And they were pointing this shit at a lot of people. They were going to see how they were reacting. They were going to see if they tried to go get help. They were going to see how they were feeling, etc. Um, and that's, you know what I'm saying, what I've literally been reporting on. This is going on in the background. And because of the means of assault is invisible. And you can't hear it or see it. And you need special devices to detect it. Um, it's flown under the radar. And they just called it Havana Syndrome. And then they 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 had, you know... Uh, um, um, State Department lackey journalists, people part of the Mockingbird media, try to raise speculation. Is it even real? Whatever. While they were exposing their people to it. Um, so if they went to the media, there would be cause doubts. But essentially, it's not, it's not this new phenomenon. It's part of the electromagnetic spectrum, which we have known about and every part of it since the 1800s. So it's 150 years old. And they just create devices that generate those different bands of that spectrum. And they point it at people. And since you can't see it, but in high doses, just like water, too much of anything, it will have an adverse adverse effect. Like, you know, x-rays, gamma rays, microwaves, millimeter waves, and high doses for extended period of times will cause real effects. And that's what everyone was, um, these 1,500 uh, reported cases, was. It was these people, essentially, um, going through judge, jury, and execution, essentially. Uh, the state, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the State Department, the intelligence agencies, the military, they're hammer companies. And so you don't get a trial. You're, you're guilty until proven innocent. And they were essentially pointing this shit at their own people who they were paranoid about, who maybe they wanted to retire early or whatever because they're cleaning house. And that the window of those reported cases coalesce alongside with me letting you guys know the fucking U.S. government who people who are not native to this area, even though San Diego is a mil- heavy military area, was cleaning house. And they came to San Diego. They hired contractors. And those contractors hired, you know, the rebels or the the, the, the cartel, whatever, to point this shit at people. And people were put on trial without, you know, they were put, they were, they were guilty until proven ed- 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 innocent. And they're going through all the side effects of having this shit pointed at them. But I just find it interesting on how the State Department decides to admit to it. It's like, well, yes, this was happening to everyone. But through our conclusive research, we determined it was in no way any of our enemies doing it. So essentially, just letting them... And, and, and they're saying, but cases are starting to drop off since the year 2020. If you notice in that report. It's because they're like, okay, uh, I think we've cleaned house enough and we're starting to slow down on this shit. But so many people were reported these things just the same the same shit that i'm going through right now they're still pointing this shit at me literally as i'm recording this shit because i'm fucking stationary but everything's a fucking everything's a nail but it's important to understand havana syndrome is not like a new thing um in the report they tried they try to spin it you know for the public they say things like advanced weaponry it's not advanced like it's, they're just industrial applications and they just hot rod them 
And then they just pointed at our people and you can hide it in things. There's ways that you can be uh, sneaky about it. I talk about some of the applications that the cartels are using with it. And a lot of it's automated now. Like I said, they're hooking this up to Arduinos and Raspberry Pis. Um, so they don't even need to be vigilant about it. And, you know, a lot of these things were in the places that a lot of these State Department people worked. It was at their office. Some of the shit might have been in their car, in their house. And that's essentially what the fuck is going on. And the State Department just kind of, you know, in their own way admitted, like, it wasn't our adversaries or they call them our foes. It was us. We were doing it. We got paranoid. And so everybody we were paranoid about became a nail. It's essentially what's going on. So understand when you hear Havana syndrome, whatever, they've just given a fancy name to something to make it seem like a new problem. It's not, it's not, it's, it's just not. I mean, think about like virtual reality. Virtual reality came out in the fucking eighties. I don't know if you ever, anybody remembers when they first started in the, you know, in the eighties. I mean, then that spurn spawned movies like lawnmower man and stuff like that. And then it went away, but then it came back. And now it's like a new thing. It's not a new thing. It's an old thing. And, but we've been doing it for years. They're just calling it a new, th- they're just calling it a, a new name, uh, because it's the name of one of our adversaries, you know, Havana, like Havana, Cuba. And it lets them have what the intelligence and state department loves is plausible deniability. But today they pretty much came out and said, well, yes, our people are having this shit pointed at them, but no, it's not by our enemies. But they didn't say it themselves, but that's what they're saying. So you need to understand that what's going on. People need to understand what's being pointed at them. People need to understand it in a practical sense. Um, they're, 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 you know, saying it's, it's a very old science. There's nothing new to be learned. It's not some mystery science weapon. It's not shit from aliens or what have you. Um, just like a light bulb generates the visible spectrum of the electromagnet that we can observe. There are other devices, much like a light bulb, that are just, you know, up, turn it on and point it at some shit. And it generates those nasty parts of the electromagnetic spectrum that causes cancer or makes us feel, you know, nauseous or whatever. Uh, or makes us feel like on fire. I mean, I've had, I've had weapons from, you know, I've had... Um, how about, you know what I'm saying... EMF, another word for it is EMF, electromagnetic frequency, EMF weapons, if you want to call that. I've had um, stuff from either side of the spectrum pointed at me. I mean, shit, I had this shit pointed at me literally now, and it's I've, I've become accustomed to it. Um, but it's not like it's less uncomfortable. But regardless... The U.S. government today admitted that they are doing it to their own people. Um, this is not a new thing. Don't be, don't be, you know, um, distracted from the name of Havana syndrome. Like it's some new thing. It's just, it's just not, it's like someone bringing back rollerblades and calling them and calling them wheel and calling them wheel blades. And you're just like, no, it's the same thing as the other thing. You're just trying to call it something different. It's, it's, it's just the electric. It's just, Devices that generate nasty parts of the electromagnetic spectrum, and they're pointing it at their own people because the State Department, the military, the intelligence community, they're a hammer company. And anybody that they're paranoid about or what have you becomes a nail. 
And it could be because we're preparing for some sort of major conflict and they want to make sure they got rid of or neutralized anybody that they were slightly paranoid about, what have you. And and it falls within the same window as the shit that I've been telling you happened uh, down here in San Diego. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to give you an update on that and to have you better understand it when you see it in the news because... The way it gets spun is it's rife for misinterpretation and doubt, etc. But it's not. These aren't super fancy things. It's the electromagnetic spectrum. They're pointing at their own employees. Um, these aren't fancy things. These aren't mind-blowing things. It's of a it's from of a of a science that we've had full knowledge of since like the late 1800s. This is nothing new. There's nothing to speculate. People are feeling the symptoms of excessive doses of microwaves. Long ex- uh, excessive doses of microwaves or um, particles or high or highly charged, par- charged particles. And like I said, check out the description. Click on number one, the link right after the number one icon to understand like the electromagnetic spectrum when all this stuff I've been talking about. Uh, but that's essentially what's going on is our, our government is a hammer company and every problem is a nail. And today they pretty much came out and said, we're shooting this at our people. It's important to pay attention to this stuff. I hope this message finds you as I broadcast from San Diego from deep inside the filter bubble. We have had an update to how we are hosting this movie. Um, I was already getting a report from lots of people saying we can't see the movie. It says this movie's not available in our area. Some people say this movie has been removed. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. Because I was just sitting there just like, man, there's so many of you guys, you know, who tune into the podcast. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I got some high numbers for these, uh, for these director commentary episodes. And um, it now this totally makes sense. Because now YouTube has sent me a copy strike notice on our backup channel and our um, native channel for the Mesh News Project where we're hosting the film. Um, it says that it is full, it says that it's full of misinformation from COVID, even though I literally took all, all the material from this movie is made from clips I procured off YouTube. So how is this information illegal? Do you understand? Like, how is this information illegal if I downloaded it all from their platform? I guess they just don't like the order of how I put things. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? So it's not illegal content if it's not put in larger context for a giant grift. Do you understand? Like how crazy is that? But yeah, all the stuff, all the stuff that's on my, on this movie is all pulled from YouTube, all YouTube clips. So how is it something that is? Well, well, I'll tell you. First, it was telling me that I had copyright notice, right? And then I, then I kept getting reports that then I then that this content was, um not suited for minors. And then I got a takedown notice and in that order, but I, you know what I'm saying? I just went back and started checking some of the, uh, of the podcast platforms and people reporting broken link. They said this movie's not available in my area, etc. So yeah, I'm sorry. So we've had to move the movie to Odyssey, which sucks because it really, you know what I'm saying? It really hurt the debut of this film. Obviously that was most likely on purpose. But so we had to switch to Odyssey. 
You don't need an app to use Odyssey. Odyssey is a video sharing platform, but they don't have regulations on what you can post, etc. It's kind of like how Elon has made Twitter. He just free speech. You know what I'm saying? People can say what they want and then you make sense of the information that, you know what I'm saying, you take in. So we're on Odyssey. I've updated all the links and all the podcast descriptions. So please refer to that Odyssey link because um, for some reason this information is illegal in YouTube's eyes even though I pulled it all off of YouTube. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I appreciate all the support. I love all the comments. Um, I'm sorry I'm taking a while to get back on feedback. I'm still uh, recovering from COVID. But, um, yeah, thanks for giving me that update. And now I'm really understanding what's going on, especially now I see these comments of people saying they said it's not available in my area. I live in the United States. Like, that's, I can't believe that. So, yeah, we're on Odyssey now. So go ahead and check out the film on Odyssey. Thanks, you guys. Go ahead and refer to that link in the description. It's in between the two finger-pointing arrow hands. Thanks.